like, get your friends to watch. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Snyder. In Philadelphia, three people were killed and 11 others wounded late last night as gunfire erupted in the city's popular entertainment district. NPR James Jones reports on this latest mass shooting in the U.S. According to police, shortly before midnight, officers patrolling South Street in downtown Philadelphia heard gunfire and witnessed several active shooters firing into a crowd. Inspector D.F. Pace is with the Philadelphia Police Department. You can imagine there were hundreds of individuals just enjoying South Street as they do every single weekend when the shooting broke out. Pace says an officer fired at one of the gunmen, but it's unclear whether he was hit. The man dropped his weapon and ran. Two semi-automatic handguns were recovered at the scene. Officials say that of the 14 people who were shot and brought to nearby hospitals, three were dead upon arrival. James Jones, NPR News. To Texas now, where Democrats are amplifying calls for a gun reform after a gunman killed 19 children and two teachers in Uvalde less than two weeks ago. Texas Public Radio's Joey Palacios reports that includes Beto O'Rourke, the Democratic candidate for governor. Speaking in San Antonio, Beto O'Rourke highlighted five Texas mass shootings over the last five years that have killed nearly 90 people. Sutherland Springs, El Paso, Midland, Santa Fe, and now Uvalde. During a gun reform rally organized by his campaign, O'Rourke says current laws and leadership like incumbent Republican Governor Greg Abbott are leaving the state in danger. He's made it easier for people to buy guns, loaded guns, and have them on our streets with no background check, no vetting, no training whatsoever. O'Rourke's proposed reforms include adding universal background checks, red flag laws, and safe storage laws. O'Rourke is joining other Democrats' demands for a special legislative session focused on gun violence, which Abbott has yet to call. I'm Joy Palacios in San Antonio. Major Republican donors have joined other conservative Texans in signing on to an open letter supporting congressional action in response to the Uvalde school shooting. It was published today in the Dallas Morning News. News. Miami is getting back to normal after that storm system that pummeled Mexico as Hurricane Agatha moved over South Florida this weekend. National Weather Service forecaster Anthony Reyna says there was significant flooding in Miami. One of the ones that was the most affected was a part of the Miami downtown area. There were multiple instances of water entering buildings, um, many cars stranded. The waters are going down now. They're now in the face of cleaning up and recovering. The system is now known as Tropical Storm Alex. After moving into the Atlantic, Alex reached Tropical Storm strength overnight. While it no longer poses a threat to the U.S., storm warnings are up for Bermuda. You're listening to NPR News. Rafael Nadal is hoping to win the French Open tennis title for an unprecedented 14th time if he beats a Casper Ruud. Nadal will become the oldest male champion in the history of the tournament. He turned 36 Friday. The final is just getting underway as the BBC's Russell Fuller reports. Casper Ruud thinks he has watched every single one of Rafael Nadal's 13 French Open finals, so knows as well as anyone that the Spaniard is yet to lose one. Ruud, who's 23, has spent much of the last few years training at Nadal's academy in Mallorca. The two have played many practice sets, but never before met in competition. 
Nadal is managing a chronic foot problem and says he is treating every match as if it may be his last. He is tired after a succession of gruelling matches, but if he can win a 22nd Grand Slam singles title, then whatever the future holds, he will set a challenging record for any other man to overtake. The BBC's Russell Fuller reporting the first Mexican-born woman to make the journey to the edge of space. 26-year-old Katya Echezarreta says it was a profound experience. Looking at it from above, as someone who all my life has always looked up and thought that was the most beautiful sight, I can tell you 100% the most beautiful sight is absolutely our planet. Yeah, Jessaretta was among the six passengers aboard a flight launched this weekend by Jeff Bezos' space company, Blue Origins. It was the company's fifth passenger flight. China, meanwhile, launched a three-person crew into space today. They are to spend six months in orbit, completing work on China's space station. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include EBSCO, supporting open source and making open platforms accessible to libraries of all sizes with EBSCO Folio. Learn more at EBSCO.com and the Limelson Foundation. Hey, this is Alejandro Escovedo, and I'm hanging out at Skipper's After Hours. And I'm going to just ask you to listen to 88.5 WMNF, Tampa, Florida. It's the station that tells the truth and plays the truth. Peace. What's going down, family? It's your resident chef, Big Eddie G, inviting you to the Soul Kitchen. Me and my assistant chef, Mr. White Pepper Dave and Bryant, serve up the best of R&B and soul music with a pinch of hip-hop and jazz and a dash of fun. So stop by Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Bring your appetite, because the kitchen will show enough fill you up right. Here, only on 88.5 WMNF. We're back here on the Sunday Forum on WMNF 88.5 Tampa. Tell me if you remember this and where you were when this song came out. What were you doing when Vandy Six came out <laughs> with Nasty Girl? I knew what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what I was thinking. <laughs> I think we all know what we thinking. Oh yeah. <laughs> this being the birthday of Prince this past week. Oh yeah, Prince's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is one of his greatest groups. Sit back and enjoy, baby. <laughs>
yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Where were you? In a medical emergency. Where were you matters. when the Vanity Six came out? <laughs> Yo, hey, man. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, 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 I'm trying to remember what grade I was in when that came out, dude. <laughs> that was, hey, man. That song was everything back yeah. in the day. As long as you were over 14, because it seemed like there was some sensors needed on that. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, you know, I remember we couldn't even have the album, bro. I do, right? We couldn't even. We were sneaking that album. We were sneaking right. that one, bro. Anything from Prince had to be snuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we, my sister, my, I can't tell you how many times Prince came to Tallahassee and my sister snuck out. <laughs> wow <laughs> To go To go uh, And check that out Let me tell you Vanity uh, for, for those of you who Don't know um, Vanity The uh, Lady who Who's otherwise known As Denise Matthews For people who don't know I know <laughs> because I'm a fan Okay, okay. Uh, Denise a Katrina, Denise K, <laughs> Katrina Matthews. Okay, get it right. Put respect <laughs> on the name, baby. Vanity uh, was the leader of the Vanity Six, uh, and, and she passed away some time ago. As, as a matter of fact, she passed away two days before my birthday, uh, February fifteenth. That's how. I, that's how much of a fan I am. Yeah, that's how much of a fan I am, man. I, I I was really upset. She because of the drug use and things that she had gone through, um, she had really battered herself a lot. But the lady still looked good, man. Right, right. She still looked good. I mean, uh, but she died of kidney failure, if I if I remember correctly. Uh, but uh, you know, Denise Katrina Matthews, also known as Vanity, the leader of the Vanity yeah. Six. There are a lot of unsung female. Artists out there, especially rockers. There was one that I have to go back and research. That was a, a pioneer in the in the whole. I guess it was the punk music scene. I don't know. It was a black woman, and I, I'm just curious as to who that was. I'm gonna go back and find out. Well, another one um, that we need to know about, and we play I, I, we played it, but I am going to do a show about her because. Her her actual history is very very uh, uh, interesting, and uh, this is Betty Davis. Now, for people mm-hmm. who don't know who Betty Davis is, she is the. I'm not talking about Betty Davis, the actress. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the godmother of funk. Yeah, I think you played her on here. Before. I played her on her before. Yeah. Betty Davis was no joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was a 21-year-old. Back then, she was married to Miles Davis uh, for a short period of time. Uh, um, and she was 21 years old back then. And she was, um, uh, gosh, how can you describe her? She she was uh, statuesque, right? And she wore clothes that were very fashionable. And, some, and, and on stage, she was very risque. Very risky, mm-hmm. but you know, think about it for a moment. You had the Sex Pistols, you had uh, uh, was it Rolling Stones, and right. all these other uh, rock groups that were led by males, mm-hmm. and was wilding out, wilding <laughs> out, completely wilding out. But you know, women were supposed to remain uh, right. not doing that, you know. And let me tell you, Betty Davis was no joke. She pushed that envelope, which is which is uh, why I respect her so much, uh, because she didn't play that. She yeah. didn't play that. You know, it was all or nothing for her, yeah. right? And it got to the point where it became it became too much for her after a while, and she actually, you know, people would her her, her concerts would be sold out. Back in the day, but there were people who it were so shocked at the at, at at the the dancing and the gyrating and stuff like that that she did, and the lyrics, the mm-hmm. lyrics, they they seem so to us right now. They seem so you know big deal, right? You know? <laughs> so you know? much has been said since then. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but she she disappeared for a time. She disappeared, and nobody up until very recently knew anything about where she was, and few people even know who she was. 
unless she they right. lived during that time period uh, in the 70s, throughout the 70s. Right. And let me tell you, Betty Davis was no joke. Um, today should probably be Rock Musician Day. It's a lot of rock musicians' birthdays today. <laughs> I'm just looking at the list. It is so many, but there are some people who are not rock musicians, but you may know, uh, like Brian McKnight. It's his birthday today. He's 53. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Wow, Brian McKnight, 53. That's right. Yeah, Let me stop talking like that. I'm 49. Yeah, what am I talking about? <laughs> you catching up. I'm, on, I'm catching up, dude. So, you know, <laughs> and, and let me tell you. I go back to Betty Davis. The godmother of funk. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear this. We're going to listen to this right here. Okay? Mm-hmm. And this is right. this right here is called They Say I'm Different. By Betty Davis. Check it out, folks, right here on the Sunday Forum. Black Music History Month, baby. She spit it, snuffing boogie Try I'm on They say I'm different Cause I eat shit lens And I can't help it I was born and raised on a That's right Every morning After stop the hearts And they begin off Humping the jolly The baby king and Jimmy Lee rock on that
Trailblazing. Eddie Davis, Queen of Funk. Yes. Yes, let me tell you, <laughs> Betty Davis. <laughs> Betty Davis. I've, I've actually asked people who were alive, who were old enough then to go to the concerts, who went to the concerts in New York and San Francisco and stuff like that. Man, let me tell you, they said they enjoyed yeah. those concerts. It was a lot of weed lit up in those things, bro. <laughs> I mean, she can put on the show. Oh, she put on the show. Call in, and folks. 813-239-9663. We got a couple of calls. Let's get, let's get to these calls, man. We're going to play some more music for Black Music History Month uh, right here on the Sunday Forum. 813-239-9663. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Brenda Williams, Lola Sapphire, John Corey. Thank you so much. All right, caller. Thank you for your patience. You're on the Sunday Forum. Hey, good morning, Walter. Hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, good morning, my Billy. Good morning. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> man, where would I start? Uh, yeah, uh, Vanity Six. <laughs> um, uh, what, Jesse Johnson. Oh, Day in the Time. Yeah, Prince. And then uh, going to the French, is like you just playing Betty Davis. Then you had... With Millie Jackson and uh, oh, Betty Wright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. And the thing but, about it is, Betty Davis predates those people. If there will there will be no Millie Jackson if it wasn't yeah, for Betty Davis or Little Kim. Little Kim, yeah. forget it, yeah, man. I know Little Kim. Where, where was I with Vanity Six? Uh, probably chasing after the girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, speaking of Black his Music History Month and. Mobili, you really, I believe, you can jump in this. Probably, you, Walt, you probably know this. Uh, hope I'm getting this right. Um, Billie Holiday, she sang a song called Strange Fruit. And yes. that song got her actually in trouble with the federal government. And I believe, uh, Mobili, you talked one time about that. And and the story behind that, could you explain that? That's what I wanted to uh, really get into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it was about lynching, and yeah. they did I not want to hear it. Listen, but yeah, really explain that one. Explain that one. Yeah, Strange Fruit. It's, uh, you know, the, the lyrics go, Southern trees bear strange fruit, blood on the leaves and blood at the root, black bodies swinging in the southern breeze, strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees and she tried to sing that song and she was banned from the stage they trumped up some charges on her i think uh heroin charges because they saw that she had a problem and used it against her just to keep her from singing that song and i love how in the most recent movie that yes. was made of her life she yes. mentions i don't know if this happened in real life but she did say to one of the police officers or to a cop who was trying to take her down Saying that your children will be singing strange fruit, your yeah. grandchildren yeah. will be singging strange my fruit. My dad told my dad was was alive then when it came out, and and I I talked to him about it. He loved Billy Holiday. He'd seen Billy Holiday perform many many times because uh, he grew up partly in New York, um, and uh, he worked in Chicago and places like that, and would see Billy Holiday. He even met her quite a few times. But he told me that that was a very real thing, and that that did happen. That yeah. did happen, where where they were setting her up because they did not want that to get out. Um, America was on the verge of a uh, it, the the NAACP. The NAACP had just changed its uh, only only ten maybe twenty years prior. Uh, the NAACP had just changed its position um, on or its approach to rights to, to to from human rights to civil rights and uh the last thing that you and, and that was on the that was during the time of um, roosevelt franklin roosevelt and uh the committee on those issues i forget what it was called at that particular time had uh had forced them to do that now understand <clears throat> she was really she was Ahead of her time. Yes, she was. But, you know, the back, the fact that she was a, a black woman and she was speaking out yes. in the time of a really violent racism, this uh, song was based on a, on two lynchings that happened in Marion, Indiana. I read the book, A Time to Die, 
And that's what the book was based on, these two lynchings, the lynching of in August, uh, on August 7th, 1930, two black men, Thomas Shipp and Abram Smith, were lynched. Uh, this song was based on that, and um, the publisher used the combined names of stillborn children. He likely used that pseudonym because he was a member of the American Communist Party at the time. Mm. And so this was a poem that was written in 1937, and uh, it was published in New York Teacher a magazine, and it was put to music and recorded by Billie Holiday with the help of her accompanist, Sonny White, in 1939. So in 1939, she was being courageous, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very courageous. She took she took the battle to the streets. Yeah, she took the battle to the streets, and it was only in 19. I mean, keep in mind, folks, we were still in World War Two. We were still in World War Two, and when you talk about that, you talk about the Roosevelt administration, um, and what was going on at that particular time, and how they were trying to stay, how the United States was trying to stay off the world stage of human rights violations. Right, because uh, it didn't need that on top of, uh, on top of being involved in a world war, right? Yeah. Um, think about South Africa, which they were critical of at the time. Right. Um, minimally critical, but critical none, nonetheless. Um, and, and these things were happening. So anyway, that's that's what you know. These, that's the story behind it. Yeah, and uh, independent uh, PBS independent lens documentary program. Did Strange Fruit. So I I think you should go and look that up and watch PBS's version of that story. Definitely. Definitely. We got another call. Caller. 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 How you doing? Welcome to the Sunday Forum. Hello, Walter B. Mabili and Miko, the queen is missing. It's Alfredo (laughs) again. (laughs) All right, Fredo. What's going on? Vanity Six, the song. (laughs) Uh, I lived on a concourse on 205th Street in the Bronx on the fifth floor. And uh, the ceiling was coming down because a big fat Italian was up there. I don't know who he was. I never saw him. Was up there standing there with a bunch of kids from the neighborhood. Eventually, the ceiling came down after my daughter's mother took her to Chicago. And uh, I had to take out the crib. And I had to, she never used the crib. I, did, I had to take out the crib. And I had to take out the mattress. And before, before it, came, it came tumbling down. Uh, I went to an Irish woman's apartment. My daughter's mother g- gave me some bread to give it to her. And she said, that's fat Italian up there. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't have a, he doesn't he have sense enough to get a rug for, for his, for his floor. He makes noise all the time. <laughs> anyway, I think it was the same one who was on the roof. I don't know what the heck they were doing up there, but I had a gate on my window. Anyway, let me, I had any six. 96. What year was that when that song came out? Nasty Girl. I think that was at least 86 or something like that. Uh, 86? No, it was before 86. 86. 96. So then I was in... Okay, maybe. I was in Co-op City. Co-op City, New York. is a community where they have their own electric plant at the end of New York, close to New Rochelle and Yonkers. And uh, I was in there. And I had, and I, 82 was 1982. I believe that I had gone to see the Prince movie with this young black woman who was going to be a doctor, who was going to study to be a doctor. And and we went to Arthur Treacher's, which was next to her building. And Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips, if you remember that. So uh, we went and ate. And then I said, go upstairs. And uh, I'm going to make sure that you, you got upstairs. Come out the window. If he, if he, she said so she came out the window, and she was all right. So I, I went home. But uh, I saw Prince's movie. Prince's movie. When did Prince's movie come out? Purple that was Rain. that was about eighty four, eighty five, about four, eighty four, eighty five, somewhere around there. You're asking me to go back into my memory. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Play, I, play, I think Purple Rain. Um, was about 1984, 1985, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that caller also earlier in his earlier call talked about Puerto Rico, but also mentioned Colombia and uh, the, the people who've been writing in about Puerto Rico. And some people say not statehood, but independence. But 
looking at Colombia, Colombia is having an, uh, an election this this week, and uh, a front runner is Gustavo Petro. He's a former guerrilla fighter and mayor of Bogota, whose twenty twenty two bid marks the third presidential his third presidential campaign. Uh, he is running on a platform that proposes a radical overhaul of the country's economy to combat one of the highest inequality rates in the world. Former guerrilla fighter who today preaches reconciliation and an end to violence has framed his campaign around whether Colombia is ready to elect a revolutionary. He's campaigned on attracting foreign investment in clean energy, new technologies, transportation, and telecommunications. But that's not all there is to know about Petro. He is also, he's chosen the first black vice presidential candidate. In Francia Marquez really? has sent shockwaves through Colombia's political scene. The 40 year old <laughs> black feminist and single mother garnered the third most votes in March's primary elections with her charismatic rallies attracting supporters across the country. If elected, she would become the first Afro Colombian to hold executive powers. Boom. <laughs> Boom. And they say there are no black Colombians. <laughs> who say that? There's a lot of people who say that, man. I, that's just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, man, that's, that's, uh, wow. Francia Marquez. We're going to remember that name, her name. Yeah. We yeah, have man. a call. 813-239-9663. This is the Sunday Forum. Oh, and also getting back closer to home. The Republicans are talking about hardening everything after the shooting in Texas. They've been caught really speechless as to what to say. They can't just keep saying the same old thing, even though that's what they've done. But one of the things is to harden the schools, uh, give teachers guns. Uh, but bu- black listen, students, man, don't make me cuss today. <laughs> don't make me cuss today. I was about to hit the dump button, but you know, after the mass shooting in Texas, <laughs> you saw my mouth. <laughs> I heard the first letter, <laughs> but the the partly to they, you know, especially for black students, other students of color, their personal experiences with policing can leave them feeling unsafe and alienated from school when they see police officers on campus. You know, the researchers have found that black students report feeling less safe around police officers than their white peers. So that's not going to be a panacea. That's not going to be the overarching solution is to harden everything and throw a cop in kids' faces. This is, listen, Officer Friendly wasn't so friendly after a while, right? (laughs) Officer Friendly was cool for a minute, but Officer Friendly was just not friendly after a while, bro. Let me tell you. So, uh, let me tell you, man, we had Officer Friendly. I think uh, Officer Friendly started in our generation. Um, and it was something that grew into something that was not good, right? It, it's, it's like it turned it turned us into a police state as opposed to being an educational uh, institution or a, uh, a place for us to be, uh, to, to have education. I mean, people got into fights. Okay, yeah. right? People got in fights. And there were situations, I think things got out of hand in some cities, like New York especially. You had a lot of people that would carry guns. I mean, that, that happened also. Now, not to excuse the the behavior, not to excuse what was happening. You can't excuse that and you can't overlook that. Um, I think the only source of security that existed and that was insisted upon in, in many instances was the police. Uh but then when the police started, when you started having uh, officers, especially white officers, that would come in and do little dirty things to the kids, right? And, and, and these are the same officers who were policing the streets in Brooklyn or the Bronx and so forth. These same dirty officers were doing stuff there and doing stuff down here in Florida and wherever they were, these things were happening and it got worse and worse. Now, that that is that my wife would argue that that is different from what we focus what what we see what we saw in Texas or what we saw in Buffalo um i, I would i would argue uh counter to that that and I, I would present not argue but i would present that it, 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 because there was the observation that was made, not necessarily by my wife, but by some other folks, that the response from the vice president should have been different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that her that her reference to 
uh, what happened to Michael Brown and so forth and George Floyd and everything like that was not relevant to what was happening in Texas and, and perhaps inappropriate to bring up under the circumstances. Uh, I would argue that uh, it is somewhat relevant if you were to take the entire thing, mm-hmm. right, of violence and gun control and you were to look at how it how how it all just kind of mushroomed. And I said mushroom, I'm like atomic bomb mushroom, right? Mm-hmm. Blew up. And now we have a situation here in this country that is out of freaking control, mm-hmm. right? And so I would argue that the vice president's words were probably not uh, not inappropriate, but certainly were um, uh, uh, relevant from that perspective, if you were to look at it from that perspective. Um, I don't think anybody was mad with her about it. You know, uh, you know, yeah, it, it was going to be angry they, about. They know? concern themselves with what with what would be the politics of what they just said. You know, right, right. So people often are looking for the the the, the mistake to slip up. You know, and uh, if she oh, the, oh, made this uh, unfounded uh, connection, right? <laughs> so right. she. Obviously went out of her way not to make that connection, but um, you know, it's, be that as it may, a lot has happened. You know, since the death of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd, one of the things that happened in Minneapolis, they banned the chokehold, but they also said officers would now be required to intervene anytime they saw unauthorized force by another officer, right. and. Uh, the NFL also weighed in. Uh, Roger Goodell, the commissioner Roger Goodell, said the league had been wrong for not listening to players fighting for racial equality. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's so a whole guy. You know, this is a domino effect, dude. Yeah. A domino effect. We are now seeing a situation with a 30-some-year-old quarterback right. who, lost, who, I mean, what they do to that man? I mean, you know what I yeah. mean? Didn't somebody try to pick him up? You talking yeah, no, about Colin Oakland, Kaepernick? Oakland, well, not Oakland, not Las Vegas. Yeah, not Las Vegas Raiders. That's what I thought. They're talking about picking him up now. The the it has been it has been speculated that it is not real, right? That is it's that they're not being real about doing this, right? They don't mean the offer, but um, I kind of I'm like, uh, dude, money involved. <laughs> there's money involved, and you got this dude wasting your time on the, right. on the field. If you talk about wasting his time, I don't think it's a waste of time. I think it's awesome. I want to see him play again. Me too. I yeah. want to see him play again. This is like a Muhammad Ali moment. Right. Right. This straight right. Muhammad Ali moment. <laughs> we need to put this whole thing behind us when it comes to Just like to Michael him. Vick. Just like Michael Vick. Right. Man, listen. He's coming You know, back, yeah. yeah, man. Listen, man. I'm, listen. I don't, man, <laughs> whatever, man. With the, you know, you miss me with the dog thing, bro. Right. I mean, like, you know, I'm up, I, I didn't like it. Yeah. It was bad, but the man paid the price for it. Right. Let it ride. Was, Let it ride. And it was just his property, right? Dude, That's why it was he, his property. His property, not his his Listen, dogs. I don't I don't justify don't anything that was being done. I don't. Yeah. Right? But to continue to persecute that guy and to continue to prosecute him outside the court of law. About right. what happened, that does nobody any good, man. I'm, you know that's that's garbage. Yeah, they that's know garbage. his talent. They they miss his talent. I think that pro- persecution is over. There's probably some cultural persecution still going on with him, just like it is with OJ and all the other ones. But you know I mean, he is coming that. back. I'm straight miss you with that. Listen, bro. Listen, this is Hello, Prince's birthday. Second, uh, my Billy and Nico. Yeah, man. Hold a second. Hold a second, brother. Listen. The uh, you know, like I said, miss me with that, bro. Uh, this is Prince Head <laughs> here on the Sunday City Forum. forum. <laughs>
stuck that album. In his draws <laughs> on the cover of the ladies. You know you had the album. You know you snuck it. You know you snuck it. Your mom and your daddy didn't want you having it, but you snuck it. These days, this is commonplace. This is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of draws, today is also Mark Wahlberg's birthday. He's oh, 51 years old. Was it Calvin Klein? <laughs> yeah. Calvin he was Klein the first sagger, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Back when he was trying to be a rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good vibrations, folks. Good vibrations. Hey, listen, let's let's go to the phone line. It's 813-239-9663. Let's go. Okay, caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Hello, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you for uh, covering uh, Colombia and uh, Puerto Rico. Yes, yes. <laughs> Alvaro, what's up, man? <laughs> hey. I realize so what's going on, brother? Oh, things are good. Things are good. All right. Good to hear you guys. All right, all right. Uh, and and Yumiko when she's on. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, yes sir. Uh, so, so real briefly about, um, about uh, Puerto Rico, uh, there are countries that are a lot smaller than Puerto Rico with a lot less resources, uh, which are free countries. There's no reason why Puerto Rico cannot be, cannot be free, cannot be independent. Mm -hmm. Okay. So right, right now it is uh, a colony of the United States. All, everybody, all groups agree. Even the, the, the group that is for statehood agrees that Puerto Rico is a colony of the United States. Yes. No country wants to be a colony. No country wants to be dominated by another and uh, it's only because of our strategic position that, uh, that the United States wants it. Uh, it, it has uh, spoken against the people of Puerto Rico forever, you know? So, uh, uh, anyway, it's a very exciting being on, on, your, on your show uh, for a long time. And, uh, but you also touched on, uh, on Colombia. Yes. yes. Uh, Gustavo Petro and Francia Marquez. Uh, yes, it is a, a refreshing and a, a wonderful campaign. Uh, for the first time in a long time, uh, they have been... Uh, many uh, good uh, prospects uh, for for uh, Colombian uh, presidency. They all get killed, you know. Right. All of the, uh, the 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 ones that have a chance of winning get killed. Uh, it hasn't happened right now, but uh, Francia Marquez had a laser pointed at her head for several seconds before anybody uh, uh, was able to react and and, uh, and protect her. Oh, Jesus, know? man, so that, like, that's... that was like a warning shot, you know. That is un that is not uncommon, um, especially with, you know when you think about what happened in uh, uh, Brazil uh, with the young lady uh, who ran yeah. for office. Yes. Uh, you know, in Brazil, uh, you know, she was yeah. assassinated. Yes, exactly. She was she was assassinated. Uh, she was a black woman, 
And, you know, nobody, you know, they didn't want to see that. Not, not the way that she was talking. I mean, she was a, a black woman who was uh, gay, uh, who also was uh, very much, very much uh, in, in, in favor of uh, human rights mm-hmm. that needed to be addressed in the favelas of Brazil. Uh, you know, when you talk about uh, the the movement, got um, Sentiera, Sentiera in in, uh, in in Brazil, where they take over land uh, because of the amount of land that's being that's just being wasted uh, on the five families of Brazil that are so wealthy that they don't even go to the farmhouses anymore. I mean, that's a that's you know, this lady was fighting for these people's rights to have a just a house, a basic. Yeah, the place to live, man. Like, wow, you know. But this is—I think that when we look at Colombia and we look at some of the issues that are going on in Colombia, to to have a, a that combination on a ticket mm-hmm. is a is a is a very difficult thing for the for the old powers at be to uh, to accept. Much like what they did in Venezuela uh, with uh, uh, Hugo Chavez. And in uh, his presidency, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Uh, C- Colombia has the the instead of the blessing, it has the curse of having the like like such wonderful uh, availability of natural resources. Mm-hmm. So, so in Colombia, the same thing that happens in People's Republic of Congo, the same thing. Yes, the, the resources lure uh, this this uh, you know this this mafias that, that that control the world, and uh, and and it's a curse to the people because they. They come in and take out all the uh, all the wealth and uh, and leave nothing behind. Only uh, uh, you know destruction. You know the, the destruction of the environment, the, the soil, the earth, the uh, the uh, the rivers. You know, yeah. and then the people. They leave the people sick, and then Absolutely. and then they close the doors. You know, like we don't want you here. You know, after they take all the resources. You no. Know? Yeah, death squads going out the whole nine. Uh, oh, people yeah. disappearing, and, and they speak out about the about the. Uh, the lack, not the lack of resources, but the 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 nationalization of resources that had for centuries, uh, people you know been living together in, in harmony, both indigenous people and Africans that were brought there to be able to mine for gold and things of that nature, in yeah. in a in a way that was more, much safer and much better for the earth, uh, you know, and and then they go out and, and people start missing. That's a problem. Indigenous peoples before Columbus coming, mm-hmm. a, a big mm-hmm. deal in Colombian indigenous people was to have a toothpick made of gold. You know, mm-hmm. they, they they mined gold at that time, mm-hmm. but it was, it was gold. It was it was for the population. It was for the people. It wasn't to uh, to uh, you know to do what they do today. You know, to mine it in, to hurt the population. Right. But uh, mm-hmm. but but if you wanted to be cool, an indigenous person, you want to be cool, you would have this uh, gold golden uh, toothpick. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, Anyway, thanks a lot. Yeah. Hey, man. Thanks, uh, brother. Yeah. See you Thank soon, you. brother. Yeah, See you bro. soon. All right. All right. And apparently, the, the vice presidential candidate, Francia Marquez, she, in 2018, won the Goldman Environmental Prize for successfully organizing a women's group to stop illegal gold mining on their ancestral land. Mm-hmm. She's also an advocate for LGBTQ rights and gender issues and economic equality. I think that's going to be... Uh, a real upset when she wins because the person they're up against is uh he's acting like he's wants to be Colombia's forty five. <laughs> you know, right, 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 he's, right, he's right. some seventy seven year old. He's a former mayor of of a uh, of a city in in Colombia, the seventh largest city apparently in Colombia, but. <laughs> He, he thinks he's 45 or <laughs> Brazil's Jared Bolsonaro. Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> hey, man, listen. We're, we're going we're gonna to get to these calls. We have a couple calls that are coming in. Um, uh, listen, again, Black Music History Month. Mm-hmm. Here we go. El Gran Campo de Puerto Rico, Azuquita para Café. Okay.
favorito de Puerto Rico es un africano, un grupo africano de Puerto Rico. Es un grupo afro, probablemente black group, called Gran Combo uh, de Puerto Rico. One of the longest lasting groups, music groups, in the, you know, from the island. Worldwide, world renowned. Azuquita Park Cafe is one of its greatest songs ever. Check it out, right here on Sunday Forum. Que mucho hay para escoger Que a mí no me importa cuál Siempre que sea una mujer Y no hay oro ni diamante Que compare con su amor Ahí se rinde el más valiente El más lindo y el mejor Que que, 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 que fue, que fue El más lindo y el mejor Que que, 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 que fue, que fue El más lindo y el mejor de la costilla de Adán Moyga, hizo Dios a la mujer y le regaló a los hombres un huesito para roer. Qué sabroso es tener el frío y arrimarse a una mujer que duele la sinvergüenza cuando se deja querer. Que qué, que qué, que fue, que fue cuando se deja querer. Que qué, pero que qué, que qué, diga que fue. Right here on the Sunday Forum. That was a play off of uh, our girl Celia Cruz, another Afro-Cubana, right here on the Sunday Forum. That was El Gran Cambo. El Gran Cambo. Azuquita para Café. One of my favorite. A sugar for the coffee, baby. Talking about the love, the beautiful woman that, that man was in love with. Hey, this is an outstanding song. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Absolutely. Hey, man. Let's go to the call real quick. 30 seconds, 30 seconds, go directly to your call, folks. What you got? Go ahead, caller. It's oh, you. Oh, wow, that's really not a whole lot of time to counter some of this information he's given. You know, the Uvalde shooter, police uh, kept away for 40 minutes. They kept the parents away while they rescued their own children and, and allowed uh, the shooter to go and, and keep killing kids locked in a room. And, uh, you know, first of all, the Shooter crashed his uh, truck or his uh, his grandma's uh, vehicle over at the, across the street at the funeral home, and um, you know after thirty minutes, border patrol agents uh, defied the order to stay away and stormed the school. And uh, fortunately, it was a good guy with a gun, a border patrol agent who uh, Jacob Alvarado, who killed the shooter. Um, you know. Uh, there was no student resource officer in the school. Uh, 
Now, a teacher opened the un- uh, door that should have been unlocked to let him in. Um, you know, the, the police, 19 cops were in the hallway while he just kept on shooting. And, and uh, yeah, I urge you to do a search online of Uvalde, Texas, school shooting timeline and see the timeline of events, how the cops allowed it to happen. So when you say, well, we have to, we can't arm the, the teachers, why? Well, look at Israel. They use military weapons. They haven't had any shootings where children or teachers have unduly used their those weapons. They arm, they arm the teachers in Israel? Of course. Okay. No, no. I, I, listen, not, not of course, because I don't know. I, I've never been to Israel. I don't know that. But I tell you what, uh, you know, I have a problem with that here. I have a real problem with that here. Uh, you know, I don't believe that teachers ought to be armed. Uh, I believe that they need to be adequately trained uh, to deal with the situation appropriately, uh, whether that's learning hand-to-hand combat uh, or, or certain teachers, be, you know, learning that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that there's a, there's a real problem with arming teachers. We don't know, just like we don't know about the people who enter the school, a lot of times we don't, if, if you pay attention to what's happening in the news, you know, with how teachers are acting, we don't know the mental condition of half the teachers that are in, <laughs> in the system. Thank you very much. Well, well, I mean, there haven't been any cases in this country of teachers who have, who've been armed of unduly using their weapons or allowing children to get their weapons. I don't know if you can name any. And, uh, you know, you're according to Supreme Court cases like Castle Rock Vegan Gomez, uh, or, pardon me, Gonzalez, um, in 2005, says that the police are not required to defend you, so it's necessarily your own responsibility. You can't count on law enforcement, and obviously when there's an agenda to take this, disarm the people and uh, make it a, a gun-free zone, then you just invite more shootings. You know, this, this is a scripted event like so many others that I can go into, and, but uh, I'll let the next caller take on. This is a Chris Steiner, if you want to get in touch with me, and I posted last week on your uh, Facebook page uh, some a video from uh, pressfortruth.ca on uh, on the shooting that goes over it pretty well. Good. All right. Do that again. Hey, man, thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, but 400 million guns, I don't think is a movement to disarm the people. <laughs> That'd be impossible. Absolutely. His idea is to keep the semi-automatic weapon maybe out of people's hands and take that off the street. But, you know, if you were in Canada, the handguns are banned. Mm-hmm. You know, so... It's not anything like, it's not the end of the world because the United States won't have their pressures. Everybody won't be able to have a semi-automatic weapon. Man, listen. This is craziness. It's crazy. But this is absolutely crazy. But listen, we appreciate everybody's time today. We is appreciate it over? It's, it's, it's over. over, man. It's <laughs> over, dude. I don't know. You know, should we go out with another Betty Davis piece? <laughs> Why not? Okay. If I'm lucky, I might just get picked up by Betty Davis. <laughs> Folks, listen, we want to thank you for joining us today here on the Sunday Forum. Uh, and, and we love you. And, you know, as always, from our voice to the radio waves to the hearts to the minds of the people, we love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it here on the Sunday Forum. Join us next week as I we talk about great, great information right here on the Sunday Forum. WMNF 80.5, Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. Betty Davis. If I'm lucky, I might just get picked up. <laughs> Host Martin Hootenanny is next. Keep it tuned to WMNF Tampa.